You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Get ready for a frenzy. Bring them out, bring them out. The Fantasy Frenzy. Welcome into the Fantasy Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Coming to you live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. It is the all-new Fantasy Frenzy on FNTSY. For the next hour, myself, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, Jake Seeley, the all-in kid, Wall Street, Matt Medica, take you through the world of fantasy sports, sports in general, whatever. We can talk about whatever. You know how we do it. Shout out to the Goon Squad. Of course, we'll still go YouTube Live. We're looking for you to join us in there as we talk about today's events, get you ready, recap whatever took place last night. And this weekend, All In Kid, Jake Seeley, want to bring you into the program. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Wall Street, Matt Medica, what's going on, my man? Bill's Mafia. They gave it a run, brother. Gave it a run, a little disappointed how it ended, obviously, but you know there was a chance, there was chances to win that game, and unfortunately, it did not happen. Chances to win the game didn't take place for Bills Mafia. Jake, one thing I think we can say though is, uh, as to, uh, I guess between eleven fifteen and probably one about kickoff yesterday on the East Coast. The number one trend on Twitter was Bills Mafia, as we saw tables flatten. After table flattened in Jacksonville, as the Buffalo Bills fan base proved once again why they are probably the most entertaining in the NFL, if not the best. Yeah, I enjoyed watching most of the most of the clips. I enjoyed Until the, the, late, the yeah. ultimate warrior guy jumping off the porta potties onto the one table, and then and that was all fun. The, the only problem I have is when you start doing it to the other team's fans. Like, don't be jerks. Yeah, uh, they 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 did jump on one dude's cooler. That was a little bit aggressive. You also saw a Jag fan jump on a flaming table. Jag fans, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And that, it works. They, they for, got involved at least. Yeah, they did get involved. But Jake, it works. It works when the don't steal the bills. Don't steal from Bills Mafia. When you, when you add alcohol and you see the fun the other people are having, it's yeah, hard no, not to yeah. want to get involved. No, that's true too. But see, when they're doing this in in Buffalo, they're landing on two feet of snow. You're landing on grass in Jacksonville. It's a different story. You feel what I'm saying? And their bodies are made for this in Buffalo. They come out the womb ready to uh, get the table. So there you go right there. But no, definitely shout out to Bill's Mafia, which y'all did after the game, though, with the fires and stuff in the parking lot and trash in the joint. Come on now. Don't do that. That's not a good look. But did have a good wild card weekend, some entertaining matchups. We're going to start to get ready to talk about those, break those downs. That should be a lot of fun. And about a half hour from now, my man Joe Lisia joined the program. We'll talk about tonight's national championship game with Joe Lisi. Break that one down as we got the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Matt, we, you wasn't in us with the last segment on uh, on the um, on Roto Experts. What do you think about tonight's game? Alabama going up against that true freshman quarterback. If I was a financial advisor, I'd say bet Bama, but I'm going. I'm going with the dogs. I want to see this uh, dynamic backfield be able to do it. I don't like Alabama's quarterback, but the defense might just be that good. Yeah, the defense is it, and of course, in Alabama quarterback, he does. I don't hate. I hate to say. You know when I talk Calvin about Ridley's the X factor. He is. When I talk about college players, I hate to say they suck. Because it's like a 19-year-old, you feel yeah, what I'm saying? I got you. So I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> as Don Burn reminded that's, me, that's he, the body snatcher. He does suck. So there you go, right there. Like we get ready. We come back on the other side. We got to get ready to talk about what happened in Wild Card Weekend and 
It's another Monday morning, and we're having another discussion about Andy Reid. It's the frenzy. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Friends, the FNTSY ready. Of course, telephone lines open. You want to get involved. Whatever you want to talk about, we got you. 844-843-6879. So many times when a campaign or a season comes to an end, you always hear the the the, uh, the phrase, that game was just like their season. That game was a microcosm of their season. Basically, the way that contest played out, is a snapshot of how the entire season played out. And Matt, I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, that holds true because 21-3 to at home, NFL's leading rusher in your backfield, he gets four carries in the second half, and you lose the game. That, ladies and gentlemen, if you were to tell me that that happened to a team this weekend, I'd have said the Kansas City Chiefs. Before I left out of here, remember last week I said I think the Chiefs got a good chance to go to the Super Bowl? Greg said, you're going to put your money on Andy Reid? It's it's unfortunate. It really is because when your defense can't make a stop, at some point your offense needs to get first downs and stuff. And when you have, as you said, the leading rusher in the NFL, okay, he played all 16 games, the other two didn't. But come on, you, you, four carries – and as you as you correctly stated, Corey, over and over, the shovel pass, these gimmick kind of plays, that jet they, sweep, yeah, that they wanted to <laughs> give the damn ball to Kareem Hunt, and unfortunately they didn't, and they lost. Jake, I like Andy Reid. I'm an Andy Reid supporter. I think Andy Reid's one of the best head coaches in the NFL. I think people that criticize Andy Reid are a little bit out of touch. Andy Reid does a good job. You're better off with Andy Reid. Then you are without Andy Reid. But this is the kind of Andy Reid sugar honey iced tea that you have to put up with. What's the deal, Jake? What is, what is wrong with Andy Reid and this coaching staff? He's an overrated coach. Oh. That's really what it is. You all right, Jake? You, I, I, you came I, down I, I, or something? No, I'm good. Why? Your voice is kind of uh, yeah, your voice kind of roughly this morning. <laughs> that was a long night. I don't know. I don't, okay, I don't cool. Tell you. Uh, uh, no, look, I, I actually disagree with you on that, and I think that if you look at it, the Eagles got rid of Andy Reid, basically, and I think they're happier for it. The fact is, continues to make boneheaded decisions, and it's the fact of the problem is Andy Reid is kind of similar to – it's going to sound crazy to say this – similar to Blake Bortles. You see how good he could be <laughs> – if he, no, it's just true. You see how good he can be. You see what he's at his best. You're right. When he's at his best, Andy Reid is a great coach. Andy Reid can take a team to the Super Bowl with this coaching alone. But you also see him at his worst. And when it comes to his worst, it's just boneheaded decisions. It's terrible calls. It's terrible play developments and everything. What usage of his players, and it causes his team to lose games. And I know that they talk about they took the play call out of his hands, but he's still involved with it somewhat. Is apparently what the reports were afterwards. It wasn't like a complete. 
you know, just give it all up together. And, and you look at yesterday, and there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse being up 21-3. to There's no excuse for not using Kareem Hunt more than 11 times in the running game. There's no excuse for yesterday, and that's what I'm saying. Is you see Andy Reid at his best, but you also see him at his worst, and that's why I think he's a little bit overrated. Look at what the Falcons did versus the Rams in that they, played, they had bulk they played keep away from the league's best offense you're up 21 yeah. to 3 you got to start killing Freeman the clock Coleman nonstop getting first downs stuff like that it's you know i'm 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 not going to blame it on Alex Smith the reason why they lost that game i'm going to blame it on Andy Reid you got, yeah, Andy Reid has to take has to take the fingers for this. Take take the blame for this one. But it's not like you can say Andy Reid's on the hot seat. We got to get rid of Andy Reid. He's not on the hot seat. It's because who are you going to replace him with? I mean, that's he's true. There you go. Successful, but I think going forward they need to take the play calling. He has to relinquish that. We saw the thing. Andy Reid's a the, good coach. No, y'all. he's a good coach. But we saw how the offense performed when Nagy was supposedly giving it when when he gave it up. And they gave it to Nagy. We saw Kareem Hunt. We saw what this guy did. He had 59 touches in back-to-back games. And, I mean, for, for a fantasy purpose, he put up 62.5 points. So we, and we, we saw him producing. I just think, come on now. Corey, just, yo. Look, no, no, no. I, I said it yesterday, and I was like, look, it, it, Matt's right, and the question is who are you going to replace him with? There are options out there, but it's something that I would at least consider because they have not won a home playoff game in years, it's been what is it? What was it? Five Joe in Montana, a row? four in a row. Uh, that would yeah, be six so, home yeah, like, in a row, actually, I believe. Yeah, so there you go, Andy. That Andy Reid, when it comes to the play, you want to actually the best thing they could do is probably hire a different coach just for the playoffs. But the fact is, <laughs> there's because you have if you're the GM and you're the owner of this team, I'm thinking long and hard about what I want to do with Andy Reid going forward. See, here's the thing about it is, look what Philadelphia did. When they got rid of Andy, Philadelphia became a tired voice, and he became a t- Andy Reid became a tired voice in Philadelphia. But then they went to Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly destroyed the roster. <laughs> yep. And then they went to Doug Peterson, who might as well be Andy Reid. So it's not like it's, it's not much better than Andy Reid out there. You just got to deal with it. Well, I, I think Bill Collins is like, you give me 10 years and $125 million. Well, yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> that kind of money, you'll well, find Rudy, somebody you know. better than Andy Reid. But listen, but listen. We came into this game thinking that Mike Milwaukee could be fired. I don't want to say that Andy Reid is on the hot seat or Andy Reid could be fired, but Andy Reid has to. Somebody, Andy Reid is a supervisor. He's mm-hmm. a supervisor. Andy Reid needs somebody that's like on the coaching staff that kind of can check him. Put it this way. Like Andy an ombudsman. Andy Reid's cheeks are rosy. And yeah. You, and you know what cheeks are talking about. <laughs> so can they hire like an editor? Like an Andy Reid editor? Somebody to come on sideline and be like, hey, Andy, you know you're doing something stupid right now. Is there, is there like a position that's like on the field, like a co-head coach is what Andy Reid needs? No, if that's the case, then I'm looking for a new head coach. I don't want to babysit my head coach. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. No, it's like when Herm Edwards was with the Jets and they brought in Dick Girl to manage oh, the clock. Oh, remember and that? He couldn't yeah. even, both of them together yeah. couldn't even do it. <laughs> you know. Two head coaches better than one. Come on now. Two head coaches better than one. Hire somebody to be like Andy Reid's personal assistant. I think you just no. you got to take the play calling away from him. At this point. That's it? Take play calling away? On the other side of the football, Tennessee Titans. Underwhelmed this season for the most part, Jake. You got Mariota face down in the crib. You know what I'm saying? In the pit of misery. <laughs> but in back-to-back weeks, we've seen the Hawaiian swag master make some plays to get his team's critical W's at important times. 
It may not look nice in the regular season, and it wasn't. The numbers may not be spectacular, but you got to give Marcus Mariota credit. These past two weeks, when his teams needed him the most, Jake, he's made plays. He's made some plays. He's definitely looked better over the past two weeks, and I do like that my favorite gif or meme from yesterday has to be the one where it's the quote from Giselle Bunchen saying, my quarter, my husband can't throw and catch the ball at the same time, and then it's Marcus Mariota <laughs> saying, what's up, girl? That's the best thing. I didn't that's, see that. That's the be- yeah, that's the best one I saw yesterday. But like, let's be real, is the fact that they're going to get waxed this week. Oh, yeah, they're going to get beat down. Yeah, and when, beat down. Corey Davis is running wide open into the end zone. He got to hit him. All, all true and good. Yes. They go on the road against Kansas City. Who could have, who could have in the right circumstance, could have gone on the road and beaten Pittsburgh or New England? And they, the and, they went and, got, and they went and got the W. And Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry, Matt, we, start, we saw Derrick. We got the chance to see Derrick Henry with that workload. They did what the Chiefs should have been doing. I mean, Chance, we saw it last week, too. That's one yep. good and one bad. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the Patriots... Look, we saw what Kansas City did in that first half, and the Patriots have that same formula to do it and just just crush the Titans. It's It's got to be some kind of defensive... T- look, the, the Titans' run defense is, is pretty good. The secondary is is going to get slaughtered here. You got Gronk. We saw what Kelsey did before. He got laid out. You got Cooks who could beat them vertically as well. Uh, Hogan was the practice player of the week last week, so maybe he's coming back fully healthy now. It's just too many options for this team. And you got Tom Brady. I don't care what the hell Mariota's done the last two weeks. Tom Brady trumps Mariota. All right, now listen. And I know you all are both going to write this off, but there's going to be controversy and distractions in New England all week this week. You it's know going to be a topic. Lesser teams, lesser people. Some people succumb to that. Some people thrive on that. And I think, you know, this organization has proven that. And I think they could smash them. <laughs> I think they could put it like a – it could be like a 50-14 to 14 game. But it's a Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I exactly. wish, I Court, wish they were no, playing no. Kansas City. What Matt just said, you know what Joe PZB on a show on Friday said as a Patriots fan, is like, look, the Patriots this postseason didn't have that – this the, that driving factor, like this is the thing that we're doing, or this is the thing we're fighting for. This is the thing that's the motivation. The NFL just gave it to them. By well, not a, the ESPN just gave it to them with this whole stupid report. Trust me, like Matt just said, now you got a team that's going to take it and actually go the other way with it. Jake, let me ask you, why do you why why do you let me? I'm curious as to why you calling the report stupid. When Wickersham did the report on the Seahawks a couple months ago, everybody thought good investigative reporting. The Seahawks fan base was like, it's ridiculous. Scott was like, it's crazy. You don't know what he's talking about. The rest of the NFL was like, they nailed it. This thing with the Patriots is ridiculous. You don't know what he's talking about. Pat's fans are saying that. And the rest of the NFL is kind of like, no, this is true. Like, why is this, like, ridiculous? This, I think it's credence to this. No, no, it's not. It's the story might have some truth to it. This, the, the point is ridiculous. It's like I said on Friday. You're not going to find any relationship where it's marriage, dating, work, whatever it is, where you're going to agree 100% of the time. Oh, my God, what a surprise. People with, you know, hard heads and hard heads in a good way of, like, people who know what they're doing, people who are determined, people who are skilled at their job, that they don't agree 100% of the time. And when they don't agree, they butt heads a little bit. Guess what? That happens in every walk of life. My dad and my uncle used to work together. They butted their heads at least once a month. And, they're, you know, that's just what happens. So that's why it's nonsense, because to say that they've been 100% happy the entire 15 years or whatever it is, that, like, no kidding. Thank you. We knew that. 
Listen, the whole thing with Seattle and that report, the reason Seattle didn't make the playoffs was because the Legion of Boom got decimated by injuries and other areas of their defense. Even with no offensive line and no running game, Seattle was going to make the playoffs if they didn't suffer all those catastrophic injuries on defense. Even with that, even with the even with the chaos in the locker room. Look, look, look at the season they had. I mean, look how bad that defense that defense was a shell. The NFC South <clears throat> is the best division in football, and it was the best division in football in 2017. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Don't forget my man Joe Lisi coming up in a little bit to preview tonight's national championship game. It's the Fantasy Frenzy right here on FNTSY. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Crowd pleasers, the trio, Fancy Foot, Fancy Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, All In Kid, Jake Seeley, Wall Street, Matt Medica, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. Jake, what's maybe you can give me a? I, I saw this this morning, and I was like, wait a minute, what are y'all talking about? Maybe you can give me a hand with this is this industry stuff right here. I don't know, but I see that the FSTA baseball draft this year is being done right now as a slow draft. Not normally live from the FSTA conference. Is that something new? Did you know about this? It's something new. I didn't know about it until now. Oh wow! This is I mean, not now. Like until it started happening a few okay. days. So they tw- yeah they tweeted out that it, uh, Steve Gardner had the second pick or something like that, and I was just like, oh, are they just saying what they would think they would do? Or t-? but yeah, I just found out about it myself this year. Yeah, this is new, man. They actually doing the draft. Got the draft going on right now. Man, I'll tell you the first five picks. Let me know what you think. Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldsmith, Trey Turner are the first five selected off the board. You've already done three or four baseball drafts. Is this the way a typical board shakes up? Uh, pretty much those are the five guys. I mean, you could put Harper, Betts, or Kershaw. I mean, I'm seeing Kershaw go in that five, six range consistently. In, well, consistently over the three that I've done. Uh, I can't. I was a guy that was a long supporter of Kershaw in the first round, even uh, as the number one pick. I can no longer uh, vouch for that any longer. Back-to-back back injuries for a starting pitcher, and especially that he's 30. I still love him. He's still the best pitcher in baseball. I can't pay that price tag. But this five, like right there, I don't have a problem with it. For me, you know, Mookie Betts and Bryce Hopper are two that I could put in there. All right. Uh, uh... I'm about, to, I'm about to bring Jake in on this, but I don't know. Jake, the first three pitches off the board, they go at the back of the first round, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Corey Kluber. I know you're not in full baseball mode yet, but do those sound like the first three pitches that should be going in fantasy drafts? Yeah, that's pretty much the first three that should be going, but um, I'm with Matt, and I have been actually for years. I don't take a pitcher in the first round. I, I have labor last year that I won, labor the year before that, labor the year before that. I don't usually step into the pitcher pool until about the fourth round at earliest. Uh, Otani, Matt, goes at the goes in – wait a minute, it's a snake draft, so just go – Otani goes with the 
Well, hold on one second. This is you would think I know how to do a the snake draft. Going that way. The third goes this way. He goes with the last pick of the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, look, I took Otani in my dynasty uh, draft that we're doing, and as my second pitcher, I think I took him in the third round or something like that. For that format, I think I took him like forty third overall. To, that's fine. In a redraft league, I want him as my number three starting pitcher. I projected him right now without tweaking it. I just do raw numbers on my first projection. And I got him for like 142 innings. Can he do 160 innings? Yeah, that's possible. This guy's only thrown 25 innings last year. He's only 23 years old. This kid seems like he has a plan. And we've seen the Japanese pitchers that come over here yep. really succeed that first year. And he's got uber, uber talent. So you're adding that. He's pitching in a pitcher-friendly park, even though he's in the American League. So I like him. In my first draft, I got him in the seventh round. That's great. I'm really not going to pay a third or fourth round price for him in a redraft. All right, here we go. 844-843-6879. Joe Lisi, talk a little national championship with us in about 10 minutes from now. You want some betting tips for the night, you can get on the horn. You can ask Joe right there himself. Um, let's get back to the NFL wild card weekend. Jake, I asked this question maybe about three weeks ago, I think it was. I'm going to ask it again today, see if your answer has changed. The Atlanta Falcons, are they lucky or battle-tested? Mm, they're a little bit of both. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you know this. I don't think they get past this weekend. I had them winning one game, and that was it. I think they're one and done. I just don't think they have the balance this year. It, well, more so, I don't think they have the offensive firepower this year. Sarkeesian's offense, whatever it is, the the basically the regression from how terrific they were from getting the touchdown ratio last year. That was going to happen no matter if it was Sarkeesian or not. But Sarkeesian, you know, did good, looked good yesterday. Hey, yes, they did what they did yesterday in the Super Bowl. They probably have a Super Bowl last year because <laughs> they just ground out the clock and ran it. But at the same time, there's just too many questions. Maybe something's clicked. Maybe the Julio Jones is actually in the red zone getting looks and getting a touchdown. Maybe they can make that happen again this week. But I think this is it for them. I think that was a nice game yesterday, but I just think they have too many questions. Really? So you think they're going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, you know, I, I think they could get past them. I just don't think it's a guarantee. I do, put it this way. They're not making it to the Super Bowl. I know that. Okay. I got them in the Super Bowl. I got them beating the Saints in the NFC Championship game. No, I've, I've had Saints over the Patriots since the beginning. All right. I don't think they could beat either the Saints or the Vikings. Okay. Uh, but could they beat the Eagles? Yes. Could the Eagles win this game? Yeah. I think we're just writing off the Eagles way too soon. Uh, Nick Foles is a detriment, obviously. That's what I'm saying, though, man. Is, but, okay. You see all the winners this weekend? The quarterback stepped up in each of those games. Cam stepped up and still lost, but the quarterbacks mm. quarterback play is really very important. Up. Who? Blake Bortles. Bortles had those runs, Jake. Those yeah, critical that's runs. The Bills. the Bills never <clears> adjusted, <throat> and they had to make him beat him with the arm. The guy was so scared to throw the ball. I feel what you're saying, but he made the timely runs. He made the plays. That's not him beat. That's that's two runs. That's that has nothing to do with the quarterback play. I think you're gonna go to look. Philadelphia is gonna be rocking. Number one, yeah. They have a defense that can get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're home. And look, the the Falcons aren't a dominant team. They're a good team. They played, look, they made the playoffs. They got what they had to do. But this, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick the Falcons to win. But victories, I, victories over the Seahawks. The Saints, the Panthers. They, they beat the Seahawks. With that defense was okay. Was All right. They got. They got. They have a. If this was the BCS, they have a great resume. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not, look, look, they the they BCS, did what they had though. to do against Los Angeles. They 
they, they showed how to beat them. They had the ball control. They had the professionalism, the experience, whatever words you want to use. Mm-hmm. They went on the road. And, okay, maybe you're going to say Los Angeles. It's not a hostile environment for the Rams. <laughs> they knew they were. And Larry David sitting in the stands. Yeah, it's not really a hostile are, they environment. They are building a beautiful stadium there. Though. Yeah. They really are. I mean, so... 2020. I'm with Jake. I don't think they could beat either of the two. I, I think Minnesota is going to beat the Saints this week. Okay. And I think uh, the Saints are fortunate to to walk out of their home building with, with a victory. Tough, tough one right there. They did. They do get that victory. I want to ask you one more question about uh, the Falcons. I mean, that, well, we I kind of see where you stand on the Falcons. Um, the season of the Los Angeles Rams and playoff experience. Jake, were you you were you for or against? Did you think playoff experience was a thing or not? I said it was part of the equation last week. Yeah, Dale's turnovers on special teams—that comes with that's playoff experience right there. No, no, I, yeah, I, I, I would agree I with that. that point. But I mean, as far as the quarterback goes, so if Carson Wentz was quarterback in this game, I know you. Uh, I'm saying Philadelphia's yeah. one and done since the beginning. I understand that. But the consensus would have a different look on would, this game. Yes, the point right. spread would be incredibly different That's true. if Mr. Wentz was there. And I still think they, they could lose with, with Carson Wentz at quarterback. But I have to look at other things. I mean, the Rams, it was a combination of things that took them down. Todd Gurley dropping three passes is in the equation. Jared Goff not having his best game and getting exposed a little because you know the deep pass wasn't there when needed. Jake, going and looking for, looking at 2018, who's the class of the NFC West? Is it Gucci and the 49ers, or is it Golf and the um, the this Ram team, or is it a team like the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks who will likely rebound? No, we gotta see what the Seahawks do before you can say. If you're gonna tell me today, it's the Rams. Let's let's chill a little bit on this whole Garoppolo stuff. Like, come on, people. You know, you, I got Chris Venture downstairs. <laughs> you, you can't say nothing bad about Gucci with Chris Venture around. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you shout out to Bensonhurst. <laughs> no, I think the I think that's going to be an incredibly. It could have the makings of a really tough division if Arizona get a quarterback via free agency. They got a lot of work to do, Arizona. They, they do, but you put a, you put another piece of two on defense. You get a, you get a second a complimentary. This is assuming mm-hmm. uh, Fitzgerald is back. You get a complimentary receiver with him. Can't leave John Brown. John Johnson. Brown can't cut it no more. <laughs> no, I mean, and I wish he could stay healthy. You have David Johnson coming, coming back. back. Mm-hmm. That is a major, major boom to this team. So, I mean, let's be like seriously, like whatever venture. I don't care. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Let's be real about what he did. It was terrific. It was beyond what anybody expected Garoppolo to do. And he got him a win in every single game. And I'm sure they'd be serious. Like, people would be worried about facing it. Like, let's be real, though. This team still has a lot of question marks before we all of a sudden say they're a class of the NFC West. Let's be, let's, let's get, get to the playoff consideration before we start calling the class of the NFC West. Right. <laughs> Did you see that in the chat? Bill's Mafia replaced by the Italian mob. That's not a such, <laughs> there's no such thing as that, man. <laughs> That's all rumors. All right, right quick, I want to break down this, 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 these, these final two teams of the NFC South. Jake, we saw vintage Drew Brees yesterday, a throwback performance from Drew Brees, throwing for close to 400 yards, going out there and getting his team a W. Yeah, what, what more? Do you, you just summed it all up. What more do you want me to say about it? I want you to tell me why Cam Newton wasn't able to do the same thing. Because Cam Newton's not Drew Brees. Cam Newton's never been Drew Brees. Cam Newton's 
a good quarterback that he's he's got his own flaws. I don't know. Cam, he's never good. He's never getting Jeff, back to those thirty-five touchdowns. No, no. But I think Cam made every throw needed to be made yesterday. I mean, we saw in the first quarter that was that was a perfect throw. Even that throw to Funches, Funches just couldn't turn around. They had it right there. I mean, he did he did put it in a place for his receiver to catch the game-winning touchdown. Right, so there you go, right there. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I'm ahead. not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying he's not somebody that throws for 400 yards and three. That's just not who Cam was. It wasn't saying he can't yeah. be a good. He's not a great quarterback. That's just not who he is. Is what I'm saying. Both team, both quarterbacks put those teams on their back. Good wild card weekend matchup. You hate to see the Panthers. Well, I don't want to say you hate to see the guy. I, I, I just think the difference is the Vikings defense over the Panthers defense, and you got Rhodes now can take Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting uh, game next weekend with the Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Saints can get them. It's going to be interesting. So there you go right there. We come back on the other side. Get ready to start the breakdown and talk about this tonight's big game down there in Atlanta, Georgia with the Georgia Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide going for the national championship. You go home, Joe Lisi, college football today. He'll be with us when we come back right here on The Frenzy. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. That is my dog. That is my dog show. That is my dog. That is my dog show. All right, getting ready to bring in my man Joe Lisi. See him right here on the network every Sunday, every Saturday, excuse me, at 10 10 a.m. Talking college football with with the homie Rich Sermonello. Let me tell you how serious this thing is. School has been canceled. (laughs) School's been canceled today in Atlanta. School is canceled. Because, like, the president going to be there, the traffic going to be crazy. They take it seriously in the dirty. Dr. A's going to be there five hours in advance. Yeah, Dr. A, Dr. A, that's right. Dr. A got, you know, Dr. A got the box in the joint. Dr. A's a Dodge Bulldog fan. Dr. A was like, he's leaving 2 o'clock. Dr. A driving to the stadium at <laughs> 2 o'clock. <laughs> we bring in my man, Joe Lisi. Joe, what's going on? This is a high holy day for you, Joe. Before you get ready for your, you know, prospect evaluations and stuff like that as they get ready for the NFL draft. We first got to handle the business at hand, and that is the national championship. And I start off this by asking you first by saying good morning, number one, and then I ask you this. Did you think when the season started that these two teams could be here? Well, good morning, Corey. Happy New Year to you and the guys. Uh, at the start of the year, I mean, uh, when you look at Alabama, I mean, they've made the college football playoff uh, the three straight years. So that's what Nick Saban and that offense and defensive staff do is that they just retool each and every year. And they had their signal caller, Jalen Hurts, coming back. So I think a lot of people felt that Alabama could be there. I did feel that Georgia would be there from the start of the year. I picked them in my preview as one of my top four teams in the college football playoff. 
I thought it was very instrumental for Kirby Smart last year to start quarterback Jacob Eason. He gets hurt in game number one and gives way to true freshman Jake Fromm that really has just played off the charts. And when you have a rushing attack led by Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle that are just dominating opposing defensive fronts, uh, that defense looks a lot better by Kirby Smart. And I, I think both teams you know, deserve to be here, and I thought they would be here at the start of the year. Uh, speaking, you just brought up the two running backs I want to ask you about, and we've been talked, we talked about it before. We talked about Chubb and Michelle, but I want to specifically talk about Michelle and your thoughts on him in the draft this year and the fact that is he possibly going to get a little overrated because people think that he's going to be Kamara to that level of what we just saw this year? Well, I think it- – Jake, when you look at the NFL game and the, and the way it's progressed over recent years, a lot of teams are going with two running back sets. So you, you look at New Orleans as the classic example with Mark Ingram, the Heisman Trophy winner, and Kamara that really didn't have a lot of cut, touches in college. What I can tell you about Sony Michelle is, yeah, he might be a little more overvalued because now the whole nation recognizes his talents. But from his freshman season when he was utilizing the short intermediate passing game with former offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, Sony Michelle is a legitimate 5-2 running back that has just gotten better. And as Georgia's really progressed with their quarterback, Jake Fromm, he's an elite talent that you're really seeing take over ball games. I think he's going to be an elite NFL running back. And I did love him three years ago when he started out as a freshman in Athens. Hey, Joe. So Barkley is your number one ranked uh, running back, I'm assuming. Who would you put as the number two guy off the board if you were the GM? Well, I mean, I think you have to talk about Darius Geis. I mean, did not put up the type of numbers in Baton Rouge this year. He was hurt for much of the year, but still played through injuries last year. Split time with Leonard Fournette and led that team in rushing. Uh, school record 285 yards against Texas A&M with 13 rushing touchdowns. This year, he was the main guy. Only rushed for about 1,100 yards this year and 11 touchdowns. So the pr- productivity this year fell off. But again, he's an elite talent. He's a patient running back. Much in the mold of a Le'Veon Bell, he waits for his blocks, but when he sees the hole, he's a home run hitter. And playing against the top defenses in the nation, in the SEC, Darius Guy should be the number two back on big boards for, uh, across NFL teams throughout the country. Talking with my man Joe Lisi. You can follow him on Twitter at GoForThe2, GoForThe2.com, and of course does the work right here to, on each and every Saturday on the Fantasy Sports Network with College Football Today with the homie Rich Sermonello. So, Joe, a lot of t- these teams are very similar, these two teams. Very similar teams. Obviously, you have the Kirby Smart from the Nick Saban coaching tree, but when you look at the quarterback position, I like the kid, the young quarterback for the Bulldogs from. Alabama quarterback, not my favorite guy. If Georgia was to win this game, where would that advantage come in at? Well, if Georgia is going to win this game twofold, Corey, uh, they're going to have to be more aggressive on first and second down uh, to take the pressure off of Jake Fromm. If they put him into third down and long situations in this ballgame, they're not going to win that matchup. They only converted in the victory over Oklahoma three of 11 third downs. Uh, That's not a good effort going up against one of the top statistical defenses in college football in the Alabama Crimson Tide. When you look at the the flip side for Georgia's defense going up against Jalen Hurts, I think 
think they have to play more zone coverage, force him to make his reads and progressions, because if they blitz Jalen Hurts from the outside the way they did Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts can break contain. He could make a lot of plays with his legs, which will open up broken plays in, in the vertical passing game. Calvin Ridley could get loose. That's not the, not the type of defensive game plan that I think Kirby Smart wants to employ in this ballgame. You have to put Jalen Hurts in third down and long situations by forcing him to read coverage. That's where he struggled last year. He only converted two of 15 third downs against Clemson, and that's why the Tigers won the national championship. So that's the chess match that you'll see play out. Jalen Hurts is 25-2 and two as a starting quarterback. He's been here before, so you've got to give him the edge over Jake Fromm, who's still a freshman. You know, it's crazy. He said, he said he's 25-2. and two. Last, About 30 minutes ago, I said he sucks. <laughs> it's like I was wrong. But <laughs> No, no, no. I, I think I think you're dead on in terms of quarterback play overall. He's a leader. Just because you're a leader and you make your team better and you win ball games doesn't mean as a, a quarterback on the next level you have that type of talent. I think it's arguably when you look at his mobility and athleticism, Jalen Hurts is one of the best in college football. But when you put him in his pocket, put him in the pocket and force him to make reads, force him to complete passes over the middle against zone coverage or against bump and run, that's where Jalen Hurts really struggles. He struggles with anticipation of throws. So I, I think that's the progression when you look at the next level. Can he progress at that point right in the here, right now? No, but he is a, a battle-tested quarterback but that will find a way to lead his team to victory. All right, I'm going to go back to the other side of the ball and back to the backfield again. And this is a one that's split before we even get to the NFL. Damon Harris, Bo Scarborough, basically almost the exact amount of touches. I think they're like 120 to 129 or 28 or something like that carries this year. Which one in your mind looks better for the NFL prospects? Because Harris has the yards after the or after the contact, but Scarborough has was kind of the guy before Harris kind of took over. Yeah, yeah. Bo Scarborough was a five-star recruit in Tuscaloosa, really hasn't lived up to expectations. You've seen glimpses of his big play ability last year and really dominating that national championship game uh, against Clemson before he broke his ankle. Did not have the type of year that I think a lot of fans in Tuscaloosa would have wanted. And Damian Harris really stepped up his game uh, from 2016. He did rush for over 1,000 yards, but only had three rushing touchdowns last year. This year, he's dominating in terms of finding the end zone. He's a slashing type of running back. I think when you break down both uh, running backs as a whole and you look at the Derrick Henry in Tennessee, I mean, Bo Scarborough is a spitting image of Derrick Henry. He's the second leading receiver, uh, receiver on the team, Jake. He's got 16 re- receptions for 108 yards. So to me, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a better pass protection and that's what you look at at the next level. I think Bo Scarborough from an NFL perspective has a better upside than Damian Harris. Hey, uh, Joe, could you give us a, a breakdown on what I think the X-Factor is tonight, Calvin Ridley, you know, the Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. What is the expectations of one Mr. Ridley? Well, I, you know, you brought up two great Alabama wide receivers, and I talked about this on the show the other day with Rich. I don't think he's in that mold. I, I'm going to throw a name out here, and people are going to be like, really? He's the next Antonio Brown. I really feel that same type of body type. He, the way he comes out of his routes, he can play different. Uh, uh, he could be a number one play also the slot, and his ability to find the football and catch it at his highest point, I think he's that type of mold and a, and a big game player. Doesn't have the type of statistics because 
a Jalen Hurts progression as a true freshman last year, coupled with the fact of Lane Kiffin no longer in Tuscaloosa, and now new offense coordinator Brian Dable taking over the helm. That's why you haven't seen the type of statistics that you'd like to see out of Calvin Ridley, but he's a dynamic talent that will be an elite NFL wide receiver, in my opinion. He's one of the top two in, in the country coming out in the NFL draft. I hope my Cowboys can get him because we need a wide receiver. He single-handedly beat Mississippi State. <laughs> he certainly did single-handedly beat Mississippi I remember watching that game. I was in Atlanta when they played that game, too. That was crazy. We were enhanced. <laughs> um, Joe, Joe um, Saban, 11-0 versus the coaches on his coaching tree. But a lot of the smart talk is that, well, Kirby is different. This is going to be he's different. Smart. Yeah, he's smart. There you go right there. 11 and 0 versus these guys, but you look at Kirby Smart. Do you think this is typical Saban beat up on his guys, or do you think Smart and his crew are going to be able to put up a good fight? No, I, I like Kirby Smart and the crew for a couple of factors, Corey. One is you talk about the, the defensive side of the ball for Alabama. Kirby Smart understands the, the strengths and weaknesses of that Alabama Crimson Tide defense because, more importantly, he recruited much of those guys to Tuscaloosa two years ago when he was the defensive coordinator for Nick Saban. So that's the first factor. I think Kirby Smart's experience working for Nick Saban as well understands the strengths and weaknesses of the talent on the offensive side of the ball, which could really benefit uh, that defensive front seven for the Bulldogs going into this ballgame. So I think that's the chess match that you want to see play out. Coupled with the fact that in two years, you see Kirby Smart in that big game atmosphere get out coached in the first half against Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. He made halftime adjustments to put his team in a position to win ballgames. He's an aggressive coach, not just offensively now, but defensively as well. He understands what it takes to win, and I really think he's rolling with house money here. I I like Kirby Smart. I like the Bulldogs. I think they get a four to five point victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it's high scoring as well. All right, so there you go, right there. Because I was going, I was going to end it off and let Joe give us a prediction. But Joe, at least you let the dogs out. But Joe, so Joe said Alabama gets the four to five point victory, and he says that he thinks it's the high score in the game. High scoring game meaning no, over forty five points. Excuse me, Georgia gets the victory, four or five point victory for right. Georgia, and you think high scoring game over forty five points. Yes, without in the national championship game, teams are going to be looking to score points, and I think that's the matchup, Corey. Each team offensively has to be aggressive early on to take the pressure off their quarterback, and I think that's where you see points in this matchup. I think both offenses will be very aggressive. Georgia needs to be more aggressive than Alabama in this game from an offensive perspective, and because of that, I, I like the over in this matchup. I think it's going to be very high scoring. Don't be shocked if you see one of the teams into the 30s in this Ballgame. There you go, right there. That's my man Joe Lisi. Go for the two.com. Catch him on college football today, right here on Saturday, 8 a.m. Joe, good looking out, my man. Thank you very much on a great season. Anytime, guys. Love the show. Have a great week. Yeah, let's take care. It's Joe Lisi. We come back on the left side. We'll break that down. Uh, I want to get Jake's opinion on this Rick Carlisle story. And then uh, we'll get ready to send you into the fantasy football best, excuse me, to the best friends forever. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go.
final five of the program. I want to give a shout out to some new listeners on American Forces Radio Network. Getting it done all over. Got your back rolling with the frenzy right here. We got you covered. Make sure you enjoy the ball game tonight. The ball game that Joe Lisi said he is taking the Georgia Bulldogs by four or five points, and he likes the over, Jake. Would you put a dollar on that? No, but I hope he's right. I really do. Because you don't want Alabama to win. Pretty much. Yeah. I told you, I think it's going to be like 24-10, 24-7. So like, I, just, I think Alabama's going to roll this one. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's right. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of with Jake. I can't bet my money against Saban in this matchup. But I'm hoping the uh, Georgia Bulldogs pull off the victory. I hope it's a very entertaining game. So, I mean, look. We gotta, but we got to roll with Lisey, though. I feel like I'm we got to no, I'm with him. I'm just. We don't know. I feel like we should put a dollar on what Lisey said. Uh-huh. That no. was a dollar. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know I'm just saying a dollar, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my point. Yeah. I, I can't invest a sizable amount of money uh-huh. against saving. And I'm not even getting like seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It's four. I, I, look, I'm, I'm with Joe. I think Joe said a lot of really good points. I believe they have at the backfield to do it to beat them. And Alabama's quarterback, I still think, as great as his team, is subpar. Okay. No, I don't care if he's 25 and 2. I mean, he's 25 and 2. Okay. Yes. I, mean, look, I, mean, <laughs> I feel you. It's a system. Jake, I like the question you asked, Joe. You asked about Sony Michelle being in this spot, getting overhyped, that his draft stock blows up. That is yep. very interesting. Uh, I think that's going to gonna happen in fantasy drafts. No matter where he lands, I think it could happen in real life with the NFL teams. If you look at how far Kamara fell, and then all of a sudden there's reports about how they were targeting him, they were thinking about him in the first round. Oh, really? They let him go two more rounds before they jumped back in on him? Get out of here with that! But I think that you can see NFL teams jump on him a little bit earlier, and the success of Kamara, whether or not an NFL team does it, and I think he could easily go in the second round, is you're going to see fantasy players do it. Three, four, turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the three four turn, you could see a fantasy player do it. So, and I'm a big Michelle fan. I just, That's your I, guy. I just, it just depends. Not he's not my guy. Well, you know what I mean. Just, there's one guy yeah. I'm hoping there, but we'll see. I, I think he should have been taken well already. All right. I, yeah. I got maybe he was. I don't think he was though. We'll see. We got that. We got that uh, mock going on. So we'll start to get you some of the results from that. Uh, uh, some. Uh, I know you don't really care about this, Jake, but I want to get your opinion because it's not been a topic mainly because of the NBA, because of the NFL playoffs. But I think the news and the, the championship game tonight. But I think the news cycle is going to catch on to this as we get throughout the course of the week. Do you think the Lakers are getting ready to ban Levar Ball? Mm, I can see that happening. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm full on board. I'm 100 percent on board with what Carlisle said. I just, I don't know. Because he that's that's the parent of the player. He, I don't know. It's the touch. It's the touch. And you know what? That, and, and, no, it's not because we publish everything. Every play, parent says no. This is the first time we've ever done that. What source? But he's, but he's, new, had? But he's newsworthy. No. He's a newsworthy yeah, I parent. I don't care. You're destroying an NBA team to publish some parent. He's a parent. He's, I don't care if he's new words. He has no sources. He's throwing out wild accusations and wild rumors that the co- that the team doesn't support him anymore, which is all hogwash. They didn't interview a player. They didn't interview a coach. They didn't interview an assistant coach. It's a random parent. He's a shock jock parent is basically what he is. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. But he is newsworthy. See, I mean, I mean, listen, if you make him newsworthy, he, you know. 
Alright, we, we'll get to this later at some point during the week. When we get back, oh, well, we're not coming back. <laughs> it's, just, no, it's over. We're not coming back. Coming up next is the best friends right here on FNTSY.